Uh, okay, so we talked about Ethereum in North Korea, which we will talk about a lot more on the next show. All right, I want to talk about Buttigieg again. And everyone knows I talked about him last week. Again, check out DisruptMeister.com. Watch the Beyond the, the last two Beyond Bitcoin shows. It was a part one and a part two, for those of you who like that. And I talked about uh, how that black people don't seem to like Buttigieg. And the mainstream media is really jumping on that. Because they have their own favorites. The Democrat, the Democratic core has their own favorite. And that's fine. They're going to play. Politics is a rough and tough, disgusting game where it's all about race and gender and all. And so it's such a waste of your time. But I, I want to talk about what I saw. After I did this show, a couple days later, trending on Twitter is Pete Buttigieg, you know, hashtag Pete Buttigieg is a lying MF, which again is a totally classless. It's classless to say something like that. Pete Buttigieg is a lying MF, but a, everyone was jumping on it, and uh, and you know the media was writing stories about it. You know, it's to humiliate the guy and everything. And I got the guy who wrote the article was named Michael Harriot, and you got to give Pete Buttigieg credit here. He called the dude. He called the dude after. So that's class, okay? You might I don't like what Pete Buttigieg stands. Some of the stuff he stands for, okay? I, I'm not like blindly enthralled with him. Like, oh, let's have the first gay president. I treat him as a man, you know, re respect. Man, I don't care who he's sleeping with. He's with Scott Adams. is like, oh, it'd be so great to have a first gay president. Who cares? But we want the best darn person for the job. And he's a smart dude. He is a, he is an intelligent man. I will give him that. Now, again, what he's doing, he is, and he's a master manipulator too. Um, he he know he, he was going a little left and now he sees everybody else went left. So he's going center. Um, but, and so I don't, I don't exactly get, it's none of my business why the, the democratic, uh, who's who in the Democratic party don't want to jump on this guy's band because I think they could do pretty well with him if they gave him uh because again, it's all about this race nonsense. They gave him a black vice president. They gave him Cory Booker. He probably could beat Donald Trump, but again, who cares who becomes, I mean, it's, it's not that big of a deal, but th this is a big business for the people who invest time into it. This has become such a ridiculous business, but I, I just want to say that th this is Twitter at its worst when you went with a hashtag like that. And it's, it's politics at its worst too. Call it, it's a lying MF because he said something once. I, it was, I don't even know what the whole logic behind it was. But to, to, to paint this guy as, as someone who doesn't like black people or whatever, it, to vilify him this way, it's, it's so typical. It's just, it's, it's low class that, it, and, and it, it was deserving of that. Uh, it was a low class uh, hashtag too. For the people who participate, to say such disgusting, I, I don't use curse words at all, and this is part of the reason because he's so low class. You don't, you, 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 you got, you got to be respectful, and you got to give Buttigieg credit for calling the guy. And then the guy wrote another article saying that he's a fighter. I don't know. Ben Shapiro was talking about. I, I didn't read any of the articles. I don't want to read an article by some guy who comes out with a Pete Buttigieg is a lying MF, and then the whole media boost that thing like crazy. That didn't that didn't like go naturally viral. You know, there's there's ways to boost stuff like that. Yeah, again, I'm sure Buttigieg will, you know, he, he's willing to do some dirty tricks and stuff also. His politics is disgusting. They're all liars. Uh, but, and he's just so mind, I just want to point out the mindlessness behind it. But so many people jump on this bandwagon. Once that hashtag was out, Pete Buttigieg is a lying MF. So many people, and probably a lot of them were fake though anyway. But still, all these people, they just want to be in. They don't want to seem like they're for the white man. Um you know, because they're, they're almost painting him as if he's a Republican. If he's a conservative, he's not. 
He's not always, he says ridiculous things all the time in terms of government programs. But it's like, it's, it's so how the herd operates. Their mentality is just like, we can't be, we can't be with anything traditional anymore, anything traditional. And, and that's like anything that's a man. No, no, we can't be with it. anything that's sound thinking. That's logical thinking. We just want to call names and, and use swear words and stuff. And this was just an example of it. So I, I don't know. I mean, and then what Pete Buttigieg, some of the things he does that he's going to go to a black church on Sunday. I mean, that's fake also. <laughs> I, I, every, if you're a Democrat, pick the best person, pick the best person. Don't, don't pick it based on like what color they are and, you know, pick this, try to pick the smartest person. I mean, he, he definitely is the, the smartest. Yang and him seem to be the smartest ones. Uh, but I, again, and I'm still registered as a Democrat. So if I vote, I'm voting for Yang. Um, because I think he's the, he's the smart, he's the most real one. Also, he's the most real one. Um, and he's not I mean, in, in the democratic primary. That's if I'm in Maryland, I don't know what day it even is. If I get the absentee ballot and I voting doesn't matter. It, it really does not matter, but people ask, people ask the question. Uh, but, but this is more of a, uh, this is more of a social commentary on, uh, about how the herd operates on Twitter and how some people can write these low class articles and just, because, it's oh, it's great! Oh, what a wise article, MF! What a wise hashtag, MF! Um, here's and so let's talk about some um, some emotion that's in politics, and this is from a, a a Fox News. Let me check out something here since we're live. Okay, keep on pounding that like button, people. Spread the word about this stuff, and you know, give me some feedback. Do you do, do you like the Saturday shows? Some people dislike the Saturday shows. That's why I'm doing on Saturday because not many people watch on Saturday as many people. So I do a little, I, you experiment on Saturday. So I'm, I'm no Beyond Bitcoin show isn't going anywhere, but you know feedback is uh, feedback is nice and uh, spread the word. And uh, maybe there are other topics you want me to talk about. But so I talk about health, a little politics, you know, about my places I've traveled where I've actually seen how it operates. You know, I talk about, obviously, I talked about Israel, but I've talked about Zimbabwe and how when I was in Zimbabwe, you know, the, the United States dollar, that is what they used. And that's what, and that the, that the evil Robert Mugabe had to wake up every single morning and, you know, look in his wallet and look at George Washington and know that all his people were looking at George Washington and that his communist regime, his communist regime had the, they all had to look at George Washington and the, the capital and the, the greatest regime, the capitalist regime in the United States, the most powerful country of all time. All the hate that he spewed and all the land that he took away from his people, he he couldn't get away from looking at what you know the best uh, the best option for freedom uh, in the world of the last fifty years, which is the United States, and that that he could to the day he died, he had to rely rely on that U.S. dollar, and that he he was. His system was a completely worthless system because his people were needed that U.S. dollar to survive, and uh, yeah, that, that's something that I witnessed there. And that there were a lot of good people in uh, Zimbabwe. It was uh, they, they didn't like their leader; they didn't like him at all. But it's just that that was the way it was. And then they got they ended up with worse leaders, which is very sad. Also, all right, moving on. Um, this is talking about emotional articles. Uh, this is about Kamala Harris. Um, and her, someone in her campaign just quit. And I had a different takeaway. When I read articles like this that get thrown in my face, I have different takeaways than most people. This is my third presidential campaign, and I have never seen in an organization treated staff so poorly, Kelly Mellon Mellibacher <laughs> said. Then the state, she was the state operations director for Harris's campaign, said in a letter obtained by the New York Times, 
all right. So she, she's ripping on Kamala Harris. She says that it was, it was run poorly and everybody was treated poorly. And, but my big takeaway was that this woman, Mellenbacher, said this was her third presidential campaign that she has worked for. <laughs> oh, God. This has become such a huge business. Every four years, and it's not every four years, it's, it's a constant thing. You can be a forever employee of presidential campaigns to presidential campaigns. These things are so big and so many intensive that you can have a long history of working for many of them through the years. Go from one to the other. So they want that system to keep growing, the bureaucracy around that, just to make the whole drama longer and longer. I mean, we're in 2019. It's not even the election year yet. And everyone's been talking about it for so long. And uh, it's, it's a huge business. It doesn't really produce anything. It, it, it lives off of the, you know, the government. It's all about, you know, we're all going to get government jobs if we win this and, and steal from the taxpayers. Uh, so, you know, its base is not productivity because government jobs are not productive. But I mean, there is this whole huge, tremendous capitalistic ecosystem built around these campaigns. I mean, they are pulling in a lot of money and paying a lot of people uh, to work for them. And so they just want this to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, I don't want anything to do with it, man. But it, I, I just my so my takeaway from this is, yeah, okay, you're bitter at you're bitter at your uh, at uh, Harris. That's great. Now you sent a letter to New York Times somehow to just get revenge. Uh, but you're a person who has worked in this industry. You're like a veteran of this horrific presidential election industry. We have a presidential election industry in the United States now where you can work for it for 12 years straight and work for three different campaigns and just keep going and going and go, oh, God, what, what a, what a job, what a job. And it's, uh, again, the pe people are fueling and regular people are fueling this. I said about Pete Buttigieg the other day, he has raised so much money from men, ahem, men who have no kids. And so instead of buying Bitcoin, with, they're giving Pete Buttigieg's $3,200 or whatever it is, $2,300, uh, because they they feel just because they're gay, it would be cool to have a gay president. Now, if they think it is so, because he's not changing their lives. If you're already a gay man who can afford to give $2,300 to Pete Buttigieg, he's not going to change you. He's probably going to make your life worse. He's going he's gonna to tax you more, man. Um, so that solidarity that you feel with him because he's gay, uh, you, you better be, you be careful. It's just like, would I, should I feel solidarity with Bernie Sanders because he's Jewish? Heck no. There are Jews who are smart and, and think that. They're not very smart though, are they? I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. He's like freaking communist. He, he, he will. So a guy like me, who's productive, who's, who's I, I will, you know, I'm going to get taxed more by my fellow, by my, my, my supposed fellow Jew. He's a Jew hater, but he is Jewish. He is Jewish. Um, he, you could be a self-hating Jew, which Bernie Sanders is. He definitely is a self-hating Jew. But I mean, it would be, would I give him $2,300 just because he's Jewish? No, it's ridiculous. It's just like the gay dude giving a, a Buttigieg's $2,300. Because I want the first Jewish president. What's the first Jewish president mean to me? It's going to be horrible for me. It'll be terrible for me <laughs> in a lot of ways. First of all, now all the haters will have you know even more reason to blame the Jews, blame the Jews on everything. If there's a Jewish president, oh my God, look how they took over. You see their master plan is in, they finally got one in the White House. Ha <laughs> ha, you see, we were right all along about those Jews. Oh, yeah. You'll hear it all. But uh, no, it would be in, in terms of uh, what I'm supposedly going to be taxed at, any of the, 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 the Democrats that are running, Bloomberg, uh, 
Sanders, the other one that I can't, Steyer is also Jewish. They'll tax the heck out of all the, their, their fellow Jewish people. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, again, I, I roll with the punches. If I need to get out of here, I'll get out of here. I, I've got my Bitcoin. That's that's the thing that's the most important. You, get, you got your Bitcoin and you can, you can start over again. So I shouldn't say it's going to be horrible for me. That that's, That is overreaction. Remember, um, I'm just saying what they want to do is, is horrible to me. They want to steal. They want all the Democrats, the whole Democrats, it's just tax and tax, 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 tax. It's horrible. It's theft. It's theft. If it's an Asian guy stealing from you, if it's a Jewish guy, if it's a gay guy stealing from you, it's theft. And I'm not, I'm not for theft. All right. Roman Q said the only YouTube and podcast I listen to are Bitcoin related. Your Saturday shows are my only sources for politics. Cool, man. Uh, similar, similar to me there, dude. I only go to, I, I like the Ben Shapiro, Scott Adams a little bit. And then all the other stuff gets into philosophy and is way beyond po politics. Oh my God. Who was that guy? Ben Shapiro on had on the Sunday show. Oh, that guy was wacky. I hadn't heard of that dude before. He had some interesting philosophy. I, I, I meant to talk about that guy this week. I guess that's for next week. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Check out Ben Shapiro's Sunday special from last Sunday. It's a, it's an interesting guy. And then Google that guy. He's got some interesting stuff out there. Interesting takes on religion and, uh, all right. So yeah, when I, when I read these, uh, some of these articles that are trying to rip on certain, uh, you know, and I don't like Kamala Harris at all, but I, I just like the things that pop up for me are just like, God, this woman's worked for three different campaigns because things are never going to end. So uh, something I took away from uh, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood movie, they they mentioned Paul Revere and the Raiders a few times, which was a, a band that was popular probably a little bit before 1969 and probably died down in 1969. I, they, they wrote that song Kicks, which is about drugs. I used to love about not doing drugs, actually, about drugs ruining people's lives. They had already noticed it, I think, in 1965 when they wrote that song. I used to sing that song at karaoke, Kicks, by Paul Revere and the Raiders. And they were kind of making fun in the movie that Paul Revere and the Raiders was kind of considered, I guess, corny uh, by 1969. But I, I love it. I, I, I Again, I haven't listened to it for over a year. Soon I'll be able to listen to music again, thank God. Um, but if you guys can, look at Paul Revere and the Raiders. I think, I think some of their uh, – it is kind of – it's right before psychedelic stuff started and – it is kind of corny sounding, but it's good. It's entertaining. And uh, it was, it, I think they might even played some of the songs in the movie now in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Again, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a good movie if you are familiar with the history of uh, Charles Manson and all the people that were around him and uh, Sharon Tate and everything. And you can look it up before you watch the movie and you'll, you'll have a much better understanding of the movie. Because I've seen people review it who don't know anything about Sharon Tate or Charles Manson. And they just, they don't get the movie. They're like, it's boring and it's long. And blah, blah, blah. It's, it's not, if you, if you know the history and, uh, and you know, something I, I, I didn't mean to write down, but I always say those dudes are good actors. Um, DiCaprio and, and uh, Brad Pitt. And I know they are so mainstream and their political views or whatever. Um, but they are good. They get you book. You don't think like this is Leonardo DiCaprio when he's acting, you think he's playing this role in this movie of this washed up uh, movie star from the 1950s who's in the 1960s now. Um, but keeping that in mind, so there are good actors out there. But the scary thing is not all good actors go to Hollywood. Not all good actors become actors. Some people go about their real lives acting as other people and they can just trick you and they can just go from part to part and just be completely different people. 
And it, it is a, it's definitely a, a talent when you use it in a productive manner to, to become a famous movie star and, and to, to entertain people on the, on the, on the stage. But there's some people that have that same talent. They can use it for some pretty bad ways. Um, and I, I can usually tell when someone's, I think I can tell when someone's a fake and an actor. Um, but so many people can't. Uh, so you, you see, you do wonder, like, how can these people try to carry out these big lies like Fictoshi and stuff? Well, he's got that mentality. Like, I'm going to, I'm playing this role. I'm an actor. I don't think he's a very good actor. Some people fall for it. Um, now, now, another thing is, I think you can tell how sincere someone is if you like try to get them to be an actor. Like, imagine me trying to be an actor, <laughs> trying to play a role on stage. Every time you'd be like, what the heck is this? What is that's Adam Meister? Why is he on there? Like, no, he's not a cowboy. That's Adam Meister. <laughs> so yeah, I am not a good actor. <laughs> I'm not a good actor. So so what you see here is what you get is what you get in person. I, I can't. It's a skill. It, it definitely is a skill. It, it can be used in bad ways. It can be taken to horrible extremes. It really can be. Um, but so if, if you do think about how good of an actor your favorite actor is, then think about someone in real life using those skills to just do bad things. It's kind of, it's, it's freaky. Don't worry about it though. <laughs> but uh, it made me think. All right. In the title I have, it It says, okay, Doomer. And that's a play on this okay, Boomer thing. I think it, okay, Doomer is a good reply to if someone's just sending you all this fear, P-O-R-N and doom, P-O-R-N. All, all these gold Doomers who are just like, when's it going to end? The whole system's going to crater. The dollar is about to hyper hyperinflate. Their whole their whole reality revolves around everything falling apart, revolves around negativity. They are the doomers. Okay. And you just say, okay, doomer. Okay, doomer. But I heard this term, okay, doomer, on Scott Adams' is, uh, podcast. When someone said that Greta, that they just, they could call that Greta girl, what's her name? Greta Thunberg, the, the climate, climate change girl warrior. They should just say, okay, doomer to her. And I said, yeah, that makes sense. She's similar to a doomer, a, a doom P-O-R-N guy. And you think of doom P-O-R-N people as men that have just been waiting around for years for the whole system to collapse. But she's very similar to that. She's saying the whole system is going to, the whole world climate is going to collapse. The whole world's ending. Negative, negative, negative. Tear it all down. Tear down capitalism. Tear down this. Tear it down. The world won't be at peace until it's all so we can start all over again and live live like the animals. I mean, and that's basically the way the gold people are ever going to the gold doomers will ever be successful. If there's a nuclear war and then we're just all like trading gold like cavemen and stuff, she wants to be a caveman just like them. And so it's very the the some of the climate people have a lot in in common with the doomers. So you just say they're their own form of doomer. So okay, doomer, okay, doomer to them, okay, doomer to the doomers. Hey, be in motion, people. Be productive. Try, stop trying to tear down, build up, be productive. It's just like what I was saying with the Arabs from uh, uh, Gaza. They're trying to tear down. They want to tear down Tel Aviv. All right? And, and their supporters do too. These communist supporters in America who – you can see it on Twitter with the, the, the popular hashtags that deal with the, 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 with the Israel hatred. They show the whole land of Israel in the Arab flag. And it's, it's to tear it down. They're, they're, there would be no more Tel Aviv. They'd have their own thing. I mean, it's because they never, these people have never been to Tel Aviv. They don't, they don't understand. Like, would you rip down Miami and then give it to the Seminole tribe? Would you, is, does that seem like a good idea? 
let's rip down Miami and Tampa Bay and give it to the Seminoles. <laughs> if the Seminoles started uh, bombing us, if the Seminoles, if the Seminole tribe started bombing us, we should just be like, you know what? Let's just give them Tampa and Miami and, and tear it all down and they can have a teepee there. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, but, but I, it's ridiculous to us. But if you hate Western society so much, if you're so envious of a certain people, of a certain way of life, of a certain productivity, of winners, if you're so envious of them and, and, and you don't, you, you think things are so, so unfair that you've been treated wrong and that you can't fix yourself, you're going to want to tear the winners down when instead you should be trying to build yourself up. That's what it all boils down to in, in, so, in so many situations. So I just tied some things together there. So strive for success. That is That should be your strategy, okay? Everyone, people respect success. They really, and then people are envious of success too. It's the people with success that are constantly being attacked, but you got to ignore the haters. And in certain situations, they're physically violating you. You've got to pound back at them, okay? Hardcore. But hopefully it doesn't get that. Usually it's all theoretical stuff. It is just verbal sparring. And again, 33% of people aren't, aren't going are gonna to hate you. 33% of people are going to hate you. Most of your friends don't care a thing about what your own, uh, what you're producing anyway. So, you know, be proud of yourself. Be proud. There are people though, many people, fellow 20%ers that respect success. When you have success, you are happy. You define your own success. Okay. You define what success is to you in terms of productivity. And so every, when you have a system, again, my system is produce a show, a new show every day. And it, is, it has gotten me so many opportunities. It's done so well. Different things. You do your own, you make your own system where you do something every day. You do, you just follow that. And so every day there's a victory. Every day you have success because you follow that system. And it, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. Because again, what if you have some long-term goal, and it's great to have a long-term goal, but you only have a goal. You, you don't get that goal every day. You don't get that goal every day. Um, and again, it, it's great to have, you know, you want to have this many Bitcoin in the future. So you'll be a millionaire. That is great, but you got you got to have a system of getting there. Like, well, I'm going to watch X amount of shows today, or I'm going to buy this many sats every day, or I'm going to save this much in fiat every week. I'm going to not eat this many meals every day. You know, just, you know it could be a subtraction, uh, victory also like, all right, I'm not going to, instead of smoking a pack today, I'm going to smoke a half pack today. Or, you know, instead of eating uh, a sandwich today, I'm just eating meat today. I'm getting rid of bread for today. This is just something, even a, an elimination that, 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 that can be success. Again, you define success your own way, but if you've got a system that is getting you, uh, that is improving, you are going to get those goals. You, you, you will get those goals, but you gotta, you gotta have a system. So you have that success every day. Um, all right. Then we've talked about this before. But I just I want to bring it again. So just strive for success. Don't be ashamed of success. We live in this uh, victim victim mentality where everybody loves to get on the victim train, and they don't even realize what a ridiculous train they're getting on. <laughs> I mean, again, give Miami to the Seminoles. It's it's this it's the same thing. Give Tampa to the Seminoles. Blow blow up Tampa and give it to the Seminoles. And that that's the uh, that's victim that's victim mentality. We'll see. Uh, all right. So Scott, I, I brought this up earlier with Scott Adams. I linked to his video below at the 1148 mark. He talks because there are a lot of people are saying this YouTube is discriminating against conservatives. And he's just saying that. And, and I agree with what he says here, that YouTube is not, they don't like low production value anymore. They want fancy sets and graphics. So Scott Adams does not have fancy sets of graphics. He says his views have been going down. Um, YouTube wants TV quality production sets, okay? 
And they know that a lot of 80 percenters blindly drool over that stuff and will keep clicking over at from one fancy graphic thing to another fancy graphic thing to another fancy graphic video, okay? That kind of looks like TV instead of looking at Scott Adams in his kitchen or me, you know, in, in, in a white room with black curtains. All right. Uh, but uh, pound that like button. And that, and so, uh, what else is he? So I said before, you, you got Scott's got to find his niche. Uh, 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 and, and Scott Adams is trying to do all these experiments to prove if he's right about this. The cool thing about YouTube still to this day, YouTube wants to be like TV, okay? They want to be like cable and regular TV in terms of the ratio of actual smart program to mindless programming, okay? I mean, I, you can call it like the PBS ratio. On TV, right now, you can watch PBS and learn some stuff. Now, again, that it's pretty slanted too. But what percent of all the stuff on TV is like learning and PBS type of stuff? And how many people really watch that stuff? Numbers are incredibly low. On YouTube, it's it's mostly 80% of stuff now anyway. You know, there's a lot of like cat videos and all that stuff. But the percentage of smart stuff is much higher than on, on TV, okay? And people are stumbling upon it. People are going to it. People are choosing choosing to go to it. But YouTube wants to not promote that stuff at all, especially if it doesn't look very good. And so the algorithm, they, they program the algorithm to push the more corporate stuff because they know that sells. And then people follow it. People are being programmed. You know, the people that are programmable, they, are, they follow that algorithm well. And it, it gives good feedback to the algorithm. So it... it you know, if, if they, if this isn't like, this isn't a sinister thing they're doing at all. They're, they want to make as much money from the masses that they, they want to make, I mean, they want to be TV in, in a way. I mean, they don't care about the intelligence level of the stuff they're putting out there. They care about the clicks and the advertisements they can sell and just the, the number of eyeballs they can get. And if they, if it's, if it's working with the mindless stuff, then that's 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 what they're going to go with, and that is what they're going with. So I, I don't really think they're necessarily uh, targeting conservatives uh, on, on, a, on a in a grand conspiracy. I think it's I think it's it's getting it's noticeable in, in some conservative uh, parts of YouTube, definitely. But it, it's this is all about the bottom line here, and this is their rules. And so if you've got a twenty percent niche like I do like Scott does, like uh, Stefan does. You just tell people other places you can be watched. I say, again, go to sportsmeister.com. Go to my podcast. Uh, you, you, I, I do great with the podcast also, all right, in terms of the uh, – and, again, I, I am not relying on these finances either. So th this is why a lot of other people are much more emotional about this and get into panic mode. I don't need any of – I don't need any of the money that I get from YouTube or the podcast at all. I don't, I don't need any of it. It's and it's not that much either. But there are people that have been really affected by the change uh, in them pushing this more corporate look. I mean, there have been kids, I, I young people, I heard that have. I don't know if they killed themselves, but they they thought about it, and it's just really sad type of stuff. Um, so and and again, this has affected people who are making kids videos because that stuff isn't very professional now, and that could be a little controversial. That. You know, it's and copyright infringements and stuff. So those people have been demonetized. Just you got to get your audience ready to go somewhere else or to support you. If you need money from them, ask them to send via Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a great way or 
when it, just just be creative about the whole situation. If you truly, if you have loyal, just get the, the people that are loyal to you will will support you. You're but don't I mean don't try to become corporate. Don't don't change your ways. That's not the way. That's not the solution. Be who you are. You will still get the same people. Sure, you're not going to get as many eighty percenters, but they you weren't probably making much off them anyway, or they weren't adding to your your success in in the same ways that your twenty percenters are. So uh, YouTube, what I and what I suggest to the viewers out there, the people that are between eighty percenters and twenty percenters, if you're on YouTube, you go to people's channels that you like and look at their videos and pick out their videos that you like, instead of like watching a video and then seeing like the nine videos that get popped up on your screen and then selecting one of them and going to one of the suggested videos. Try to use your head. Try to plan it out. Try to have a set schedule of videos that you go to a set some channels that you check out every single day or every other day, things that are thought provoking. But if you don't, if you don't, and you just let the algorithm decide, you're going to soon forget about some of those channels. Okay. Some people are at least, and, and, mo and, and that's just the direction YouTube is going in. They are, whether people like it or not, people can fall into a trance where YouTube is telling them what to watch uh, quite a few people. And they're very good at that. And you, they want a professional look and they want a way to just get people drooling so they click on the next one, next one, next one, next one, so they get the most views. And that's their business model. And there's nothing wrong with that business model. And you you just got to find fixes around it to, to as a creator uh, and as a watch and as a viewer too. Because you want to keep on educating yourself. You don't want to get caught in their algorithm where you're not learning anything anymore, where you're all of a sudden saying, yeah, I want to buy Hex or something like that. I mean, that's when you know you've, you've fallen off the cliff. All right, pound that like button. And I wanted to say in my podcast, if you go there, I posted one. I'm in motion, dude. Right before I made this video, I decided, I, I thought about when I was in Texas in 2015, how I got step, stopped at a, a federal checkpoint in Sarita, Texas, which is about 100 miles from the border. I never even left the country. And I made a video about it in 2015. I just put it in the podcast form. Check out sportsmeister.com. And it's linked to below also. It's only 10 minutes for those of you who've never heard that story. It's a, it's a true story that happened to me. And I, and I don't do any drugs or anything like that. But uh, you'll, you'll see what happened. Uh, but yeah, yeah, and always check out my podcast. That's a way to diversify for a guy like me. Just in case YouTube shuts me off or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but I, I don't I don't hate YouTube at all. Like some of these people got this like bitter anger and like let, let the government take over YouTube. Now, this is their business model. Let them do their darn business model. They're 80% our business model. Just like they're going to be like TV. And it is the PBS ratio isn't like that yet. We still there is still plenty of awesome quality stuff on YouTube in so many different genres, whether it be in Bitcoin or philosophy or in space. I love the stuff, uh, the space stuff. There's some mindless space stuff too, though, too. You'd be surprised. <laughs> People that just do fancy sets and graphics and regurgitate articles from like 10 months ago. Uh, but no, I, I, Isaac Arthur is awesome. And um, Fraser Kane is awesome. And John Michael uh, Godier, they, they are awesome space guys. They are smart guys that read papers. Well, first of all, Isaac Arthur is a freaking genius. He's smarter than those other two. He is an unbelievable mind. My Lord. <laughs> My Lord, I wonder what his IQ is. He's, he knows all physics. I mean, it's 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 something to behold. It's something, and he's a modest man too, very modest. Uh, but he, he is a freaking genius. I don't know if he knows how smart he is. It's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. Oh, it's 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 just so sad. He should be. 
I wish he was in charge of the, the space policy of the world, <laughs> but there is no no one in charge of the space policy of the world. All right, uh, we, we don't we, we don't have dictators here. Um, so someone should fund that dude. Give that guy a businessman. Give Isaac Arthur a, a get. Say Isaac, we figure out a way to get people on Venus uh, by the year twenty twenty five, and we'll we'll have people on Venus. <laughs> yeah, so, some billionaire. Maybe if I ever become a Bitcoin billionaire, that's what I'll do. That, that, that would be an awesome thing to do. To say, here, Isaac Arthur, here's, uh, here's $10 billion. Uh, put a guy on Venus. Figure it out a way. And you're going you're gonna to set the whole thing. He could do it. That, that dude is <laughs> unbelievable. And I know some of you aren't interested in that stuff. But you should watch his channel. What's it called? Space speech and futurism with Isaac Arthur. And he's got a, he's got a speech impediment. So some 80 percenters will be like, Oh, this guy's an idiot. I'm turning. I can't take his speech impediment, which is, so that's just, that's, that's, that's why people fail in life because superficial stuff like that turns them off. And then they don't, they become, they don't learn from people like Isaac Arthur. But um, yeah, if, if, if you can listen to him, like a normal person can listen to someone with a speech impediment, you'll be like, Oh my God, this guy's a freaking genius. I mean, he has to be the smartest guy I've, well, the smartest productive guy. There's some people on YouTube that uh, I don't know. You know, wh wh what's his face uh, might be smarter. Uh, well, Eric Weinstein could be smarter in a different different realm, but he's annoying. <laughs> he's 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 you no, know, maybe he's not as smart. He's I I don't know who's got a smarter IQ. How can I how can I judge people with like IQs over 170? Which one's the smarter one, really? I don't know. I can't I can't figure that out. Who can figure that out? Um, they're two different men. They're they're two different. I I, I prefer Isaac or Arthur to uh to Weinstein. All right. Uh, all right. So we talked about uh, so I talked about my pod that Sarita Texas thing. We still have people in the chat. People are just let me see. Uh, I hope everyone's playing this at two x. This is a long show. At two x, any show you know, Stephen Molyneux's videos are long, but they're short at two x. Uh. I, I I can play Isaac Arthur at 2x too, by the way, even with a speech impediment. I, I understand it fine. Sometimes I got to do 1.75x, but I mean, it depends if I'm, it depends on a couple things, but uh, I hope you're playing this at 2x and uh, Ben Shapiro, I pay, play at 2x. They go, it's so, people are like, I can't watch, I can't listen to a 55 minute show. Well, then you play it at 2x. It's, uh, what is it, 22 minutes? Excuse me. It's, what is that? 27 and a half, whatever it is. Whatever, what, 27 plus 27 is, yeah, 50, yeah, 27 and a half minutes. All right. Don't know what I'm doing. Uh, hey, Adam, you rock. Thank you. Listening to you at 2X can be daunting. Same as Ben Shapiro. Wait, MTMD, are you an American or are you uh, not an American? It was, I mean, I know Ben and I talk fast. That That's why playing us at 2X, it might be a little hard. You are an American. Okay, well, yeah, I guess. Besides, again, I, British people, it, it, well, I've got a Baltimore accent too. That's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, you're from MD. Dude, I guess I just talk too. <laughs> I talk too fast for you. I mean, it's a yeah. I you know, it can be it can be daunting. I guess not. Not everyone's got a different intake with uh, the two X, but you can listen to me at one point seven five X, right, man? Or you can build up the resistance. You do it one point five one show, and then one point seven five, and then you're ready for Meister at two X. All right, all right. You talk fine, says Adriana. Belotti. Now she's been on the show before. She's in Sydney. She's awake now. It's uh, what I don't even know what day it is there now. I guess it's late, later on Sunday. I, I I saw her place. She gave me the uh, Satoshi shirt. I mean, she was on the show before. You could check it out. She was on this this week at Bitcoin. It was a few weeks ago with uh, uh, Hass Hass McCook was on. 
Yes, the women are on the show. And, and most of the guys, you just, you hear a woman's on the show. You're going to go watch it right now. So go, go watch her. And she's from Brazil originally. <laughs> Brazilian lady, you know it. She, um, yeah, she's great. But she moved to Australia. She, she knows the Bitcoin ways. She knows. She knows. She says, I talk fine. Okay, I talk fine. I talk all right. Because you're from Brazil. You, you've had to get used to all these accents. The Australian accent, the Baltimore accent. All right. Um, all right, let's see what else we have here. Well, wait, you said MTMD says it's all good. I generally listen to the podcast, so it's a little different than watching. Good. I'm glad you I'm glad you don't need to see me. Who the heck needs to see me? Oh God, my hair's a mess. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Okay, I hope you can play the podcast faster. I think under certain times you can. I've never even experimented, but some people say you can. Okay, we're we're getting where are we gonna make what are we gonna hear? It's just goes to show you. Oh, here. This is here's a quote from Market Ticker from Carl Jet Denninger. And he was talking about a guy who lived a very flashy lifestyle who ended up with nothing. It just goes to show you that while a lot of people do appeal appear very flashy and make all sorts of claims, more often than you think, they're just flat out full of crap. <laughs> so yeah, that goes back up to my uh I was talking about ego coin guy before. Supposedly, he's made a bunch of uh, tremendous claims I, and acts very flashy. I, I don't know. I don't know his personal life. I don't care about his personal life. But usually, if someone's acting flashy, is, is, is driving the Lambo and you know acting all big, they're, they're making it, they're faking it to making it, and uh, they often are just uh, flat out full of crap. I, I've talked to people who've worked at banks before, and they say the people with the big bank accounts are like these little old men. <laughs> driving like escorts that, that come in that have just been saving for years and years <laughs> wearing jeans from 1995. <laughs> so those people have, a, those people have a lot, uh, but you would, you would never guess it. And uh, it's kind of the way that we're, you know, there, there are plenty of people that, that, that do dress flashy that, that are, that are wealthy, but uh, a lot of the times, especially in this credit card world that we're living in, uh, no, that they're, they're, uh, they're faking it, but a good, good point. So yeah, there, there could be a lot of fancy sets and graphics on the internet. Uh, in, in the crypto world, a lot of people acting real fancy, like they did real well. Um, but that doesn't mean you should be like, oh, well, they sold, sold they said to buy this fifth tier altcoin. They look like they're pretty rich. They look, look they, got a, they got a nice fancy sets and graphics. They're telling me to do risky things. Look at all the risky, look at all the things they did. They didn't just hold. They didn't just boring hold. Look, they got this whole, this whole uh, setup where you trade and you flip and you, and only hold for a month and then go to this exchange, that exchange and six tier altcoin, seven tier altcoin, the staking this and uh, lending out your money and getting percentages. Oh, and they, they got a nice car and the production quality. They must be, they must be successful. Nah, be careful. Be careful. But hey, personal responsibility is a new counterculture. I just like boring. I like a uh, buy and hold. Pretty, uh, pretty easy strategy. I know. I know it's not too fancy. No fancy sets of graphics here, as you know. Um, okay, we got more people here. <laughs> okay, I'll read this from MTMD since he's from Maryland. He says, Richard Hart sits on a throne in his videos, laugh out loud. Can't get more flashy. Okay, I'll leave it at, I'll leave it at that. I think that, uh, that speaks volumes right there. Uh, okay, final, final uh, thing of it here a tweet that I found because Fox news wrote about this because they're trying to make it like a, a liberal person is against uh, Democrats or something. It's a, it's a tweet. Well, this is not the tweet they actually tweeted out. It was another, 
Sean Lennon. Sean Lennon, for those of you who don't know, um, is the son of John Lennon and Yoko Ono. And um, he's just a regular dude, a regular musician guy. And again, he gets a lot of hate because of who his mom is. And uh, when his, apparently when his father was killed and he was like a little kid, like kids in his school were making fun of his stuff. It's like, just because you're a, and I want to say this, kids of celebrities, if you don't like their celebrity parents, you don't, you don't get to hate them. Okay. You don't get to like throw vile insults at them. They're regular people just because they're, they're parents. And, and just because they didn't become as famous as their parents, just leave them alone. You don't have to get pleasure out of attacking them and calling them names and saying they're losers and laughing at them because their father got assassinated and stuff. I mean, what a, what a world we live in. Anyway, anyway, I don't really care much about Sean Lennon and all his liberalness and whatever he's into and being a freaky musician, whatever he is. But um, he, he made a comment about Democrats that wasn't positive. So he Fox put it in there. And then I checked out some of his other tweets. I didn't care about that one. And um, here, what's his, what's his tweet here? He, he says, well, first of all, it inspired me to think that um, in the year 2024, political debates, presidential political debates, I wonder if they're going to be as big as they are now. Because they're not too big now. They're losing meaning, which I think is awesome. I think is awesome. So what he said is, um, Joe Rogan interview of Bernie Sanders had more views than the last Democratic Democratic debates on MSNBC. And, he, and then he was praising Andrew Yang for the smackdown of MSNBC. So, I mean, first of all, you got to give Sean Lennon credit because you would think in his herd, you, could not, uh, you couldn't insult MSNBC. Or uh, or praise Andrew Yang, but uh, but he he says he brings up a very interesting point that the, and I, I brought something similar up this before that these people running for office if they want now is a time where more and more eighty percenters more and more voters of the voting and some voting people are twenty percenters whatever the the voting population is paying attention much closer attention to videos and podcasts. So Tulsi and Andrew Yang and even Bernie Sanders got on the Joe Rogan and they're getting on the other one, Scott Adams, maybe. So maybe by 2024, just debate. That'll just be old fashioned debates. We have seen, and just all these, if you want to be a legitimate politician, you got to get on certain YouTube channels or certain podcasts. And I think that that would be a uh, pretty cool because these debates are mindless. You get like a one minute clip and that's Andrew Yang has been, you know, pointing that out a lot. And so, uh, yeah, it's I, I love how the internet is revolutionizing uh, the whole the whole world. And again, I'm not a political fan, but I think it does it brings a little bit more uh, realism to politics. It gets rid of the fakery a little bit more. If if you if now these politicians have to sit down for like hour long interviews instead of giving these these mindless sound bites. You know, Kamala Harris trying to come up with a one minute thing that'll propel her back into this, you know, the call, call Tulsi a, a spy or whatever. And say, imagine if, if Kamala had to sit down for a real interview. Oh, God, it would be brutality. <laughs> no one would want to. But most people, again, aren't paying attention to these real interviews yet. But Sean Lennon did point out that it, the Bernie Sanders one got more uh, views than the, the debate itself on, on TV. So the world is a changing and, uh, I'm glad to be part of the greatest part of the change of this world, of this golden age, and that is Bitcoin. And so you, you can't predict 
I mean, back in 2012, you, you could never predicted the situation that maybe in 2024, political debates would be completely, presidential debates would be a thing of the past. So you, you, we don't know what's coming in 2020. That's what I love about being alive, that you cannot predict predict the next innovation. So that is the anti-doom right there. That's in motion. I'm in motion. That's why Greta is a doomer. The gold the gold uh, buggers are, are doomers. They're not into like, oh, what, what's the latest innovation going to be? They're like, well, what's the, what's the way, how's the world going to fall apart? How's the world going to fall apart? So I'm confident in things getting better. They're confident in the world falling apart. <laughs> and uh, you'll, we'll see. All right. That is it. Um, everybody's, no, no, everyone's talking in the chat, but there are no questions, but very good. I'm Adam Meister. That was a long one. The Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Remember to uh, subscribe to this channel, like this video, share this video, check out the links below. Follow me on Twitter at TechBalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. I'll show you the shirt. Uh, pound that like button, bang that belt button, click on that square, and I will say good night and hello to everyone in the chat. Actually, my hair looks real nice. It'll, get, it'll be messy tomorrow once it starts pouring rain. The cold November rain, even though it'll be December. All right, cold November rain, good song by Guns N' Roses. Good video. You gotta love at the end when he freaking breaks it down. When they break it down like stairway to heaven, they try to make that thing like stairway to heaven. They really did. And his woman at the time is pretty darn hot. She was a model. Uh, uh, Axel Rose's. Uh, I, I think he may have. Uh, I don't want to say any accusations. We, we won't. We won't leave the show. We'll leave the show on a positive note. She was freaking hot model. Watch the video. Yeah, they were trying to copy stairway to heaven with that ending, but they break it down in cold November rain. All right, see ya. Bye. And Guns N' Roses, they, they were good. In, in before he went crazy. All right, bye bye. <laughs>